Hello friends, welcome back to the Earthly Delights podcast. Today we have a special guest, Ariana Grinder. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, that's me. That's my name. <laughs> What's the crack? How are you? Thanks for having me on your podcast. This is fun. I'm really looking forward to this. Ash, look, what else would you be doing on a lovely sunny Saturday afternoon? It's a beautiful day to be sitting indoors recording a podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> look, no better women and men. To be doing such <laughs> a scandalous thing. What will the neighbours say? So, um, first of all, I'd like to ask um, for you to tell the listeners a bit about yourself. All right. Take well, it. I am a drag performer from here in Dublin. Um, my drag name is Ariana Grinder. My boy name is Neville, like Neville Longbottom, but the similarities end there. <laughs> and um, yeah so I've been doing this nearly three years three years this Halloween but I've been performing like my entire life like I'm 30 at the end of the month and like I had my first like performing job when I was nine I've kind of been doing a lot of like musical theatre and TV and bits and bobs like since then I moved to London for a while trained in musical theatre there did a few jobs and gigs over there and then I came home farted and fell into drag and just found out I get paid a lot more as a woman than I do as a man so it kind of just went from there like interesting okay so when like you're growing up in your teens it's just that you love performance like the idea of drag didn't really interest like never any- once no. like I was like I didn't come out of really late well really for like nowadays I was 21 like I was in a relationship with a girl for three and a half years oh. like blind ignorance I thought I was like oh this is it for me I love her this is great and um but then towards the end I was like oh my god no she doesn't have a mickey like jesus like what am i gonna, like what the fuck what's going on shit abort abort and then we aborted and she's dead now for no, she's, really <laughs> she's dead to me it's kidding um but she looked the poor girl and she didn't have a cane and a labrador unfortunately she wasn't blind um but yeah like i'd never once had any inkling towards i want to cross dress for a living at all I was like I love performing I love singing love dancing love acting just going to keep on doing this and then one Halloween I just dressed up for the laugh thought I was gas dressed up as Ariana Grande had the big like high ponytail and the high boots and like the whole outfit and stuff thought I was the best thing since sliced bread thought I was gas funniest thing ever I thought I was the most beautiful woman cough cough in the world but when I look back at the pictures now oh my god it was rough it was very rough like when I compare like where I am at now to then but you couldn't tell me anything at the time but yeah I just did it for the laugh and then I was like oh that's great crack let's do that on a night out grand I went into Panty Bar I ended up getting a job there I ended up staying there for nearly two years and it was just mad to be paid to just stand there they taught me how to DJ so ah. that was like another like thing so since then I've just been doing lots of gigs like festivals and hen parties birthday parties Sometimes I DJ, sometimes I sing, sometimes I tell really offensive jokes, etc. But yeah, that's gas. Some of the, say, like the gender pay gap and stuff, and I get paid more as a lady than I do as a man. That is interesting. Mm. So, so, like, your intention was to continue performing mm. as a man, and then you thought, wow, I'm probably going to get paid more if I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I still do the odd bits and bobs that come up. Like, like recently enough, I've, I'm dancing in the new Catherine Tate movie. Oh, cool. Like the Nan, I don't know if you watch Catherine Tate. Like she has a character called Nan, and she has like an origin movie coming out. It was actually supposed to come out 
like during the summer then it was pushed back to October and then I don't know when it's coming out because the cinemas are pandemic. Yeah. but um, yeah it was literally just like this really small dance role like in the background I had to dress up as a soldier in like the 20s and yeah I still do random like male jobs but like just not as frequently as the okay. later stuff and now do you have a preference between one or the other or um, I have a lot more fun in drag okay it's like a costume like this crazy costume a kind of a heightened version of me comes out like a persona um, whereas I but I do prefer being Neville because like it takes 10 minutes to get ready you hmm. jump in the shower and you brush your hair and you're ready to go whereas it can take depending on the job it can take anywhere between 3 2 3 4 hours depending on what it is like if it's for telly I'll spend the extra time on it but if it's just like a random bar or around them if you're listening to this and you booked me for your birthday party or your head party <laughs> i'm sorry it took 20 minutes no i'm joking <laughs> no but you know what i mean like there's different yeah, yeah, levels yeah. like if there's certain things where like you're going to be in a certain type of lighting you can get away with a lot more and do a lot different but like if it's for if it's fluorescent light yeah and then like high definition cameras are coming in you're like no yeah, yeah, yeah. here we go we're going to spend the extra time on it so we don't look like a crossdresser okay and for people who are listening who really don't know that much, like, what, how would you describe, like, what is a drag queen? So basically, like, when I think of drag queen, like, when I was smaller, I think of, like, oh, going to Panto, um, like, Lady Savage. Um, but, like, a drag queen is literally, like, RuPaul is like, probably the most famous drag queen in the world. He does, like, RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff and everything else at the moment. And he says, you're born naked and the rest is drag. So, like, we're all sitting here in our drag. Like, it's whatever you get up and throw on. Like, I apparently, uh, I subconsciously wanted to project this image to the world today of whatever I'm wearing, this tracksuit bottoms and these shoes and this cap and this T-shirt and you're, what you're wearing, you put this on, whether you subconsciously made a decision, maybe not today, but when you bought it, like, oh, this is, this is going to look cool on me. And for whatever reason, to make yourself feel better or to influence other people or whatever their perception of you, everything you put on your body boy whether it's for a boy for a girl for it's a halloween costume it's your drag per se so they say that's what rupaul says you're born naked and the rest is drag but like drag has been around since like the beginning of the time like mrs brown is probably now our most famous drag oh queen. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what i mean and it's a straight man and he's married happily married to a woman and he's a multi-million probably our richest like drag queen in the country and um when you think of it and it's predominantly uh seen um, taken up by the gay boys but not limited to because you have women doing it now and you have drag kings like women dressing up as men and all of that mess but what I do is I throw on a corset massive hip pads big boobs throw on a big face glue up my eyebrows draw on a completely different face a complete transformation big hair and grow I'll sing a few songs tell a few terrible jokes take the piss out of everyone and that's what my drag per se persona would be okay. but everyone's different it's funny <clears throat> that definition of drag is interesting because I heard uh, several people say something like we're all unpaid actors in it's that getting very deep on the side uh, it's, it's <laughs> 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 well, well like yeah no I get you you know um, and that maybe if you had you you think oh a drag is if you just dress up extravagantly and do this and do that but maybe like you said like we're actually just doing some sort of 
mm-hmm. acting that is more socially acceptable or that yeah. doesn't. I'm in my pedestrian drag today. <laughs> my pedestrian. <laughs> it's like it doesn't have to be like mad and out there. It's literally just whatever you want. Sure, some of them are getting away. Some of the drags are getting away wearing absolutely shy. Like, crap, like I'm, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm not going to mention any names because her name is Dillatrix and she works in the George. No money, man. <laughs> That's my friend. I always, we, we always bully each other. Um, no, but like, <laughs> no, but like, do you know what I mean? It's it's whatever you want it to be. It's open to artistic um, interpretation. And sometimes you're just lazy and you pretend it's artistic interpretation. Oh no, I wanted to wear an extra long jumper and a pair of shoes. No, I was just lazy cunt and I didn't want to get rid of it. I forgot to ask a really loud course on this. What cunt are allowed? Okay, that's allowed. Yeah. But draw the line. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Actually, if I remember correctly, Seb has started to do beeps. Oh, um, So you might. You Come might... on, budget. Let me test that. Fuck it, he can't Sorry, Seb. <coughs> Seb's gonna have fun doing the editing. Sorry. Thank you. Don't hate me. Um, I want to ask, what are <clears throat> common misconceptions about drag? Um. Oh God. Okay the oh yeah like it's not all like I don't want to like pigeonhole it but like it's not all just light and frothy and taking the piss and like getting locked and having a great time like drag is in itself like it's a, a political act okay it's not very as obvious now but like back in the day like <clears throat> like in my lifetime I was born in 90 like homosexuality in Ireland wasn't decriminalized until 1993 we only got the right to marry like five years ago and um, so like drag queens back that were going around and some of them that were going around when I was before I was even born are still going around now and working to this day but like they they get a lot of flack um for getting into drag and stuff thrown at them and things said to them and like because like they were literally illegal like and it was very very taboo and even like when I first started drag I was a bit like oh god I don't want to do that like like Maybe, like, what is everyone going to say? X, Y, Z, am I going to get a hard time over? And this was, like, in, what, 2000 and God knows what. This was three years ago, 2017, when it was already mainstream. It was all over Netflix. People were being celebrated for it. But, like, I was like, oh, God, like, I have so much respect for those older drag queens. Now, some of them were a load of shite. And they were probably only successful because they had no competition back in the day. But <laughs> right. everyone else was afraid to do it. To be fair, but some of them are really good. I'm not going to name names because still a trick sports in the Irish. I'm only <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but um, some of them are shy, to be fair. But look, that's their own prerogative. But even though they are shy, we respect them because they paved the way. But some of them, I will say, some of them are really, really good. Because if you're listening, <laughs> you just imagine you're the really good one that I'm talking about. And you're not the shy one that I'm referencing. Um, no, but um, oh god, I get easily distracted. What was I talking about again? Oh yeah, so drag in yeah. itself is a, it's, it is a political act because it was kind of like it was like no, it was a big like fuck you to like societal norms. Like yeah, I'm gonna go out wearing a pair of knickers and a dress and a wig, and I don't give a shite. And I find like a lot of drag queens and like if you go through like their social media and stuff, they're all like on the forefront of like trying to get equal rights for everyone like transgender people now a lot of gay people now we don't have 100% like equal rights there's still things like 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 kids and all that messing and eggs and surrogates and um, birth certs and stuff like that they're still trying to work out but a lot of like trans people especially in America uh, well actually closer to home in Ireland there's it's still a struggle for them 
Um, but in America, like especially like under the Trump administration, they've had like protections after protections, like stripped back, mm. and lots of like funding pulls, and it's not great for them. So a lot of drag queens will be fighting on the forefront of fighting, like for that, it's because of transgender people, that gay people have, like equal rights, or well, the version of equal rights that we Damn, currently yeah. enjoy, because like, <clears throat> um, the gay rights movement started because of those like the Stonewall riots. Similarly, to when you have everyone giving out about the, like, the Black Lives Matter riots, like, oh, like, no, nothing will ever come from riots and wrecking the place. Well, actually, that's how I got my rights. I have equal rights in Ireland today as a knock-on effect of what happened at Stonewall in America all of those years ago where they were just like, no, fuck this. Like, um, they just started wrecking the place and beating the shit out of everyone. And then eventually... They were recognised as equal citizens. And yeah, so there you go. So everyone keep breaking things and shit and eventually <laughs> you'll get your way. There's a lesson in that. <laughs> um you mentioned something interesting I thought where even Me? Though- I said something interesting. <laughs> it's not like me at all, right, Jesus. Right. Maybe, maybe interesting is the wrong word. <laughs> no, um you said that even though uh, it was still common you said three years ago or yeah, yeah. it was still or like mainstream or getting into the mainstream you yeah. still found it difficult there you're still questioning do you think that that process has like taught you more about yourself Ooh. I never oh. <laughs> <laughs> never thought of that before no um, actually I haven't really realized I guess so because at the time I was very conscious of, oh God, what are mum and dad going to say? What? So, like, not so, more so my friends, because I was like, oh Jesus, I put them through so much. <laughs> but everything I've done over the years, like, this is going to be nothing. Um, but it was more so my mum and dad, like, living at home, like, is it going to be easy? And at first they didn't really get it. They were like, what is this? Why are you doing that? And then it was kind of when they just started seeing all the kind of jobs I started doing mm-hmm. and the money I was taking in. They were like, makes sense <laughs> and now like my dad would be quite supportive he'd like drives me to gigs and my mom would be like picking me up bits and like oh I saw this and like that's nice do you know what I mean yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. or like for example I did um uh, an online streaming gig there a few days ago and I was setting everything up in my room I did like a little mermaid theme I was dressed up as a little mermaid and I was on these heelys flying around and um, I was rehearsing on the Heelys in this little mermaid skirt and I was like, I could hardly move. My little legs were going 90 like, and I was like bearded man from like the neck up and a full voluptuous woman in bra, like corset and knickers and the mermaid tail and Heelys going around my front room with all of these inflatable like fucking fishing crabs and stuff from the film. My man just walked in and bat an Oh, you look nice, love. And it was just a real like full circle moment, and I was just like, yeah, yeah. it was just like another day at the office. We're like, yeah. ah, what's this now we're doing today? Like, uh, did like it was just like our new normal. Like, ah, oh, Neville's up to something again. Uh, <clears throat> as in, and three years ago. Oh yeah, yeah it was yeah. totally different. It was just like, but why? Like, and then like I'd be going on nights out as in drag just because I wanted to network then, and like like I don't smoke, but I'd spend the night in the smoking area just like trying to network with people. Like, oh, you on Instagram? I'm on Instagram. Let's follow each other. And then I've gotten so many gigs and stuff like that. But like at first they were like, oh God, like you're never going to like settle down. You're never going to find a man. If you're going out and drag all the time, much your luck. I found plenty. Just, <laughs> they just weren't gay, dear. <laughs> I probably attract more straight quote unquote men 
than I do gay men at this point. So you get so many. And like You know, like when you're on Instagram, you have like your message requests from, oh God, it's like the Wild Wild West. If you're a drag queen and you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's 70% men that are either married or in relationships and have children. And they're like, they don't follow you or anything. I don't know how they find me, <laughs> but they find me. And the other 30% then is, oh, I have a gig or I have a hen party or I have someone's getting married or someone's birthday. I had a gig where I was, I thought I was singing for this man's surprise birthday. Well, it would have been a lovely, a terrible fucking surprise me showing up <laughs> to sing you a song on your 30th birthday. But no, she told me outside I was actually the stripper. She told her boyfriend that she'd gotten him a stripper, but I was the stripper, but I only found it five minutes before. She's like, I understand if you don't want to do it. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, give me a drink. And I went and I, and I gave him a lap dance, but he had a, a, a oh, blindfold on boy. and he whipped, whipped it off. He nearly had a heart attack, but he thought it was gas. <laughs> we ended up having a great session. That was out in Drada. It's another Wild Wild West. What sent you on that night? Shout out to our friends in Drada. Absolutely. You're bad, Drada. Get me out there again. The money's got Drada. Jesus, sir. Like they must have got like fucking gold mines in Drada. They're sitting on they're sitting on some money. I won't tell I won't tell you where I think they got it from because I think we all know. <laughs> Say no more about it. Um, did, well, you mentioned something that I wanted to ask about. Um, is it difficult to date as 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 a drag? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It it can be. I see. This is I guess so easily distracted. I totally forgot to finish that point. <laughs> um, it is and it isn't like at first I would take it to heart where it was very like oh as soon as they find out I do drag it's kind of like the conversation stalls and I'm just you kind of just see the light go out of their eyes or like when you're texting it just the conversation goes dry and they just can't differentiate the fact that it's it's just a job or it's just something that you enjoy or whatever reason you're doing it for you know like I do enjoy it it is a job to me and I, I do enjoy it. but it's like any job like I love what I do but at the same time you do get to say you don't want to go to work mm-hmm. and you have a headache and the worst thing any of the ladies listening you're like dabbing your head with a sponge and you have a migraine because you're still mad out of it from the night before <laughs> and your head spinning your jaw might be going 90 but you're smacking a sponge into your head and it's the most painful thing um, but I do love it but at the same time um, it is it's Neville and then it's this job this character that I enjoy playing but a, a lot of people can't like differentiate between that and I kind of struggled with that, with that at first I was like oh god like but I kind of just was like you know fuck it got to a point where I did become successful enough where like I'd be on my dating apps or whatever and people would be like oh my god are you Ariana and I'm like oh for fuck's sake I kind of preferred it when they didn't like me because yeah. then you're like oh god like yeah I am and then they start saying like some of the stupid things that I say on my Instagram stories uh, back to me and stuff like oh that's great thanks but I'm actually looking for a Mickey so if you don't mind <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which is nice in a way but it's gas like the amount of times and I hate like I've never I'll go on the record and say I've <laughs> never been with anyone while I was like in drag <laughs> but that would be a lie I'm either locked or and it's always a straight man yeah and it's on the way home someone's like oh hey young one you alright and then and then they're like oh do you want to go on a date it's like no but like I'm I'm a fella oh yeah yeah I know but would you get dressed up and all we'll go on a date and I'm like no like it took me two three hours to get ready I'm not doing this to go out for a dinner and a drink and whatever and I I don't like getting intimate with people like because it's a, it's a, I, like a fucking party clown do you know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unco- drag is uncomfortable you're course it in your waist is in bits. Your balls are sometimes in your stomach, depending on the costume. You've 
hair growing back if it's three four in the morning like your five o'clock shadow coming back and you're it's hoping true. everyone's drunk enough not to notice mm. and um, hopefully it's hidden under the lipstick <laughs> you're, like do you know what I mean it's uncomfortable you're in these shoes little and like I'm size 10 and a half 11 it's hard to get shoes so a lot of my shoes are nearly too small for me so little claws no claws in my shoes I'm like no like this is not comfortable and even if it was fuck that no like I'm yeah. a bloke like do you know what I mean yeah. I'm not gonna enjoy like some whoever whatever you're into we don't kink shame here like you <laughs> do what you want to do but it won't be me but I do know girls who do get dolled up well boys I mean who do get dolled up and go out to fellas and stuff and stray fellas and all sorts and sugar daddies and the rest and now it wouldn't be for me but look Check and get your coins. No king shaming here. Should this, that's your own business. <laughs> uh, you mentioned another thing that I wanted to talk of about. I'm sure I did. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Like, just remind me because I, I get easily distracted. No, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, you oh, might hang have... Hang on, you forgot to press record. No, <laughs> <laughs> now you're making me paranoid. <laughs> you're making me look bad. <laughs> sorry. Um, no, you mentioned... You might be having a migraine and putting the makeup on and the and dabbing something on your head, oh, and, and yeah. then like you might have had a rough night the night before, etc. Et I was wondering, do you think it, it's quite a a difficult community slash lifestyle to live if you want some kind of like mental peace of mind or like stability? Yeah, of course. Like a, a lot of the jobs are nighttime jobs. Like you could be lucky and do like because I do work with an agency, Drag Queens Ireland, and I'm quite lucky because there's like hen parties sent well before the pandemic anyway and please go after it's a lot of hen parties and birthday parties and they're over at a certain time and you can go home if you want to go to bed at 11 you can or 12 you can but the vast like 80 percent of the jobs are in nightclubs or in bars you're getting home at four o'clock in the morning you're getting home at five you're having a drink they always give you a drink on the job you have a bottle of vodka in your handbag so like if you're not a, a drinker like it's it's very difficult or like like a lot of i'm not gonna say the majority or a lot of but like alcoholism is a problem in the drag community and you see a lot of it if you're watching the likes of RuPaul's Drag Race they talk about it and some of their storylines and like depression and stuff like that and alcohol is a coping mechanism and because you're in a nightclub your workspace you're encouraged to drink you're the mm-hmm. life the quote unquote you're the life and soul of the party people are looking at you to be fun yeah, and yeah, if yeah. you're not fun and buzzing and in great form like it could reflect your pay yeah. it could reflect your tips it could reflect are they going to get you back again are you bringing a good enough bus? So yeah, it's just the kind of like pressure. Like, oh, I better be on good form tonight. Like, I'll have a few drinks, but like, I enjoy a few drinks while I'm getting. Like, sometimes I don't do drink all the time when I'm working. Um, because sometimes you could be working three nights a week. Sometimes it's two nights a week. Sometimes it's four nights a week. On those, you wouldn't like it's it's unrealistic. Cause like, there's times there's been times where I'd work three jobs in the one day. I remember one time I did a hen party at eleven in the morning. It was these girls. That, it was just makeup. I had to get into drag. Like seven in the morning go to their house uh put makeup on all them and lashes and get them ready for their day grand buzzed over did a sang a few songs and played a few games uh a birthday party in a hotel in town then i jumped on the wanderly wagon to draw to that faithful night and then i ended up they put me up in a hotel that night but that was a really long day for me mm-hmm. and it was great because in on a day like that i can make a week's wages in a day mm-hmm. of what i would have done in my old like day job so mm-hmm. like I used to work in an office but I gave that up because it was just too lucrative mm-hmm. and I was getting up at six in the morning for work still in bits after going to bed at four like yeah, still yeah. in full makeup like showing up to work like who is this woman <laughs> <laughs> who's this bearded lady but now like it is it can be difficult because you're living from night to night and club to club and you're 
it is uncomfortable and you're seeing everyone have a great time and meet people and and you are enjoying it but like you can be a participant mm. or you could be, you're either a participant or you're like watching it do you know what i mean mm. watching it unfold and then everyone goes home and then you go back and then you do it again and then it's just yeah i wouldn't advise anyone to drink so much at work also all this like do you know every time you work because mm. then you're kind of like oh associating work with with drink and uh, and it is a problem for so many people whether they want to believe it or not like yeah, yeah. you could turn around and be like oh god what other job do you go to where you're encouraged to drink do you know what i mean it's, i can only think of like a comedian this is it yeah. i'd say it's very similar mm. and then that's the whole irish thing if you're not drinking are you all right yeah, yeah something wrong like are you pregnant oh yeah i think I'm, i think i'm <laughs> pregnant um <laughs> it's a shy <laughs> abort abort <laughs> Are you having a boy or a girl or an abortion? <laughs> uh, it was the number three. No, but like, do you know what I mean? It's like, are you sick? Are you on tablets? Like, it's real. like, oh God, everyone, you're supposed to be like, turned on all the time. But yeah, I would say it is a bit of a, it can be a bit of an ish. And do you think that, for instance, the drag community in Dublin or in Ireland generally is quite supportive? So like when you start, when you entered in it yeah, a few yeah. years ago, did you feel like, welcome with open arms or was there a bit of kind of well now we're getting into the juicy stuff <laughs> no right. I don't I don't want it's not like I want um, gossip or anything I was just wondering well first of all yeah. Dillatrix was an absolute <laughs> bitch <laughs> um, no but like Dillatrix is banned from the podcast yeah, fuck you Dillatrix <laughs> I gave you everything she's actually really nice um, no, <laughs> I, no. I think that's why I get away with like, like dragging her for everything because she actually is nice so I don't feel bad um, no but yes and no I feel like the older ones were are very willing to give you a shot and to give you a chance like in Dublin especially like the types like the George and those big clubs and stuff they operate on you get paid in drink tokens really? yeah like so you get paid two drink free drink tokens to show up and do your work for, and like you probably spend two three hours doing your makeup and then you're on your feet for the night now you have your nagging in your handbag but like it's not payment now I was lucky that I farted and fell into that job in Panty Bar because that was actually really well paid so when opportunities did arise in the drawers I was a bit like oh no I'm alright I'm grand where I am because I'm actually getting paid a good wage here and um, <clears throat> but it's a great opportunity for people who don't perform and who aren't born performers and they want to try drag and they want to give it a go or even like for a night out do you know what I mean oh, I'm going to get into drag and have a night out and they're going to give me two free drinks brilliant it's great for them but like from my perspective i'm like oh god well i've been performing like professionally since i was nine yeah and i've been getting paid good enough money sadly since then to perform and now i have to spend an extra two hours getting ready and i have to do it in a course in heels and a wig and a dress and the like probability of not getting hate, hate crimed on the street and mm. um, <clears throat> and i'm not gonna get paid for it i'm like no like i won't get paid double and um so but the older drags, they, they can be quite welcoming and give you a shot. Like, they can be. Um, but I feel it's the younger ones, the up-and-coming. That's they, where there's oh rivalry. Oh, God. Yeah. They were ridiculous when I started. I remember now, to be fair to them, I would have been fucking pissed off too. Because not to blow smoke up in my own home. Like, I was a professional performer. I went to London. I had my little stint on the West End. And then I did all of that as a boy. And now I just do it in a pair of shoes. So, like, I could see how people would be threatened by that. Because if they're not, oh, you might be the best makeup artist in the world, but you probably have no stage presence and you can't dance X, Y, Z, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas I, are, I, are, I always had 
an advantage over the rest of them no matter what my makeup talent was and then I went and I did a makeup course and everything else kind of just came together then but yeah when I first started people would be like how did you get that job in panty bear what did you do who did you do xyz rumors going around um remember one time I was at Sunday Social Farrier and Draper on a Sunday and there was these drag queens just like oh of course you got that job so my drag mothers was like they do like a we just drag family so Panty Bliss and Dizzy Dyingford are my two drag mothers okay and, um, she, so sorry you know, these are two drag queens so sorry just for people who are not familiar <clears throat> oh, so yeah. Panty Bar and what's the other bar? Uh, the George and the George are you're like the founding bars yeah like you more could... so like the George like I don't really work in the George because they don't pay okay. but I will eventually um <laughs> I will eventually. We'll get to that. But um, <laughs> I usually just show up where I'm paid. But we're working on that. Okay. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so Panty Bar is owned by Panty Bliss, who's like has this documentary called Queen of Ireland. It's really good. It's all about like the marriage referendum and stuff. And then Dizzy Dianfra, um was on this TV show called My Yellow Brick Road on Virgin Media, I want to say. But yeah, they're really nice and they taught me how to do drag and stuff. Gave me a job. Can't complain. But anyway these drag queens came up to me in the bar these younger drags I've been doing this for 10 years and I haven't gone anywhere and you farted and fell into this job and uh, you'd know you were their drag daughter in the fucking state you tried to reef the wig off me head yeah. and all and they were taken inside and the bar staff were giving me drinks and stuff you're alright love and then there was like tears and handbags at dawn it was murder all these seven foot cross dressing men killing each other <laughs> fucking killing each other over gigs like do you think there's an excess in drama because a lot of the persona expected of a drag is like super confident, super like yeah. arrogant? Do you think that leads into kind of, um, how do I say, insecurity maybe? or Maybe, yeah. yeah. Like I feel like, and to be quite honest, I feel like some of them only do drag so they can get away with being an absolute gun to people <laughs> and acting out and like they feel like they can sit there and talk absolute shite and drag people down and do whatever they want because they have the confidence because they're all done up and I'm like no first of all love you're a terrible drag queen yeah. and second of all don't be fucking mean yeah, like do you know yeah. what I mean but sure I'd never say that to anyone that's just that's an internal monologue I don't engage in any of that messing okay. too booked too blessed and I like my thing when I first started I pretend to be nice not that I'm not nice but like people would sit there and bitch and moan about X, Y and Z. I'm like, you don't know how well I know that person. Mm-hmm. Like for example, there's a drag queen, a really successful drag queen that I went to school with. And I, one of the first gigs I ever did, these two younger drag queens were like, such and such is such a bitch. Such and such is such a cunt. I hate such and such a fucking state where she's terrible. Little did they know, I literally went to school with this person. And weeks later, they were doing this competition, contestants in their fucking um, drag competition, licking this person's hole like hoping to win this competition and I was like you don't know that I went to school with this person and I know them very well now it wouldn't be like me to um to shit stir but I called them straight away no I'm kidding I didn't (laughs) (laughs) no but you know what I mean so my my mantra is pretend to be nice um even like if they're at least that way when word gets around like oh what was Ariana like to work with oh she was so nice she wasn't she went home and she bitched to to all of our mates that are in drag queens about everything that happened and I got it off my chest then and had a drink with my my pals but as far as they were concerned um, I was really nice and easy to work with okay. yeah I feel like a lot of them just use um, the the facade to just the, the art form yeah to... get away with fucking murder mm. and throw their weight around because some of them have a lot of weight to throw around 
That's their own business. Um, a two a two part question then. Come on, two part question. <laughs> One. Do you think people not involved specifically in the industry or the art form maybe have a, a kind of glitter covered notion uh, of drag maybe from watching RuPaul or something um, and two I wanted to ask uh, you mentioned like the hate crime or the possibility of hate crime mm. when you just have you noticed an improvement in the situation as like RuPaul has just blown up yeah so um I had to remember the first, yes, okay. the first question. So, sorry, yeah. I was like, so yeah, the first question, um, yeah, maybe so. Like, I don't really know what ever, I kind of just know like my perception of it. There is like a whole like, oh, glamour, um, real George, um, showbiz aspect of it, but like all kind of like showbizy type things, there is that like dark side of it. And, um, but to be fair, like two drag race, they, because it is like a reality TV show, they, they do go in with the storyline. So like one of them was like left at a bus stop when they were a kid. And then another one was like, is diagnosed with HIV. And then another one was like suicidal. And they do kind of explore to be fair to drag race. They kind of do get those type of things, right? They do investigate that type of thing. But then there is the whole lip syncing and performance aspect. So it's, it's a bit of yin and yang. So it is kind of like that but the one thing that Drag Race doesn't really represent is that there is so much more to drag than just what's shown on the telly okay. like there is not I won't want to say awful drag queens like they're also polished and perfect looking on the telly not all of the good not all of the best drag queens look like that mm-hmm. if you know what I mean like you could pay you could pay the best makeup artist in the world to make you look like Tyra Banks but like if you've no personality and you've no stage presence and you're not good to people or easy to work with or you're look just insufferable like there's no bar or tv show in the world that will want to book you mm. whereas there are some fabulous queens with lovely personalities and you'd have such a great crack with them on a night out that don't look as polished and perfect as the ones on the telly so it's kind of like a yin and yang thing okay you do get a, a good aspect of it but there's so much more to, to it than I that get you. I get you. and then second of all I feel like I'm more inclined to get hate crimed as Neville than I am as Ariana um, really? yeah it's crazy because um, I find the times like walking through like the city centre with my ex-boyfriend there was times where people just roaring at me in the street because um, we're holding hands or like one time I was walking past O'Connell Street and one fella literally just put me on the ground just walking about minding my own business didn't say anything to him didn't even look at him put me on the ground you fucking faggot this x y and z just because me and my fella were holding hands walking down the street now i've been lucky enough that nothing like that has ever happened when i'm in drag and to be fair i was kind of expecting it to mm. i will say i was working in a straight club one pride and there was a lot of kind of sketchy characters coming in mm-hmm. and i was like oh here we fucking go if it's the night to get hate and i'd only just start a drag so like if i'm going to be hate crime tonight is the night i'm going to get hate crimes but like you'd be surprised the amount of fellas like oh you're on Instagram and I'm like mm, and they're sliding into your DMs then and yeah. you're like straight fellas like real butch lads um, but I find I'm more I'd be more afraid holding a guy's hand walking down the street than walking by myself in drag because on the flip side fellas are like oh how are you love you alright either making a joke out of it or trying to get in into you Literally. I've been quite lucky now in saying that like not everyone has had that experience it is dangerous like you do you should exercise vigilance I should probably be a bit more vigilant but um, I've been quite lucky but I find 
I'm more likely to get hate crimes as me, as I am, than I am as Ariana. What do you think that says about where we're at? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's not great, but like, it's a step ahead of where we were when I was three years old, when I was an illegal alien. <laughs> Which, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like five years ago when I couldn't get married. Mm. So like it is, it's a load of me whole, but it's it's going in the right direction. And I like to think, whether I'm right, wrong or different, I like to think that it's going to be bred out of us eventually I know it's not only the older people mm-hmm. but I like to think that all of these like racists and bigots and homophobes and transphobes are the older generation and at some point they're going to be brown bread and will be left with the rest of us okay. and our children and our children's children who are brought up right with nice values and they'll be the filthy majority the 80-90% that's going to keep the country in check um, so that's what I'm hoping for Okay. I'm hoping to see that when I'm a, an, an older lady that all of that intolerance will be bred out I hope so too one can hope yeah um, do, do you think that one of the roadblocks besides like maybe presuming that a lot of the, the bigotry or racism is out uh, older generations do you think partially uh, one of the problems is that maybe uh, straight people don't even br- like branch out or like tend to hear perspective from a gay person or I don't know I think a lot of it is to do with and I hate to like it's such like a it's such a Ca- catch all phrase yeah, yeah. like a, one of those hallmarks like toxic masculinity mm-hmm. but you know like like when you're in school and people are just like oh you fucking faggy Mm-hmm. and like I, I remember people in school I didn't even know what it was at the point at that point in time I was like what the fuck is a faggot like I do, fuck I don't want to be a faggot Jesus Christ that sounds mm-hmm. awful they're saying it in such a mean way <laughs> oh my god I definitely don't want to be one of them yeah. um, there's a whole thing but they're kind of like trying to deflect from maybe their own insecurity their own insecurity and trying to distract oh let's pick on that you know because um, do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's very like and I feel like men, especially in this country, especially like with their mental health and like the church and not just the men, it's the women as well. Like the church have a lot to answer for in this country or what they did to the women as well as the men in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the same, um, but in many different ways. But I do find that like the way men are just like, like suppress their feelings, their emotions. Like you see like when so many people are put out of their homes and stuff, like the men, like you hear men killing themselves and stuff because of mm-hmm. the guilt they want they're supposed to be the they're brought up to be the hunter gatherer and to look after their family they feel like they've failed their family like what who mm-hmm. the fuck said that like no calm the fuck down we're all in this together mm-hmm. sorry to quote high school musical and such a very grim <laughs> grim grim subject but you know what i mean i think that does have an awful lot to answer for and and they obviously learned that from a parent or a brother or someone else and that lad lad men- mentality that was kind of just passed around and I feel like that's where it came from like and now like I'm like oh you know I definitely am a faggot I love it like mm. we, we recla- like the word has been very reclaimed. much so reclaimed okay, cool. and I'd say like oh yeah what are you doing also, I mean if oh, me, a few of my faggots are going to go and have a <laughs> and have a little dance and a, and a kiki and a little and a drink and we'll see where the night takes us now but if someone came to me and said it in the street like here fucking you reefs and streels no I wouldn't because I don't because I'm a little wimp and I don't want to murder but I would be like fuck off yeah, yeah. you can't fucking say that to me but um, 
you know, I do feel like a lot of it is still like toxic masculinity and the fact that like men suppress everything and don't really show a lot of emotion and it's just a rigmarole of that. I love that word. A rigmarole. That's a great word. Of all of that. Don't ask me to spell it. <laughs> do you think that um, your early uh, introduction to drama, to uh, like this form of expression has really helped you become like the man you are today isn't in terms of your your gay your gay identity yeah and, yeah 100% and even not so like my gay identity just like my even like my work ethic i mm-hmm. find like i started like going to like classes when i was like 9 and doing like small acting jobs and dance jobs and stuff and i did a lot of like telly and theater when i was younger as well and it was just like the the discipline mm-hmm. that i learned at that that today when i'm in a room with people and they're not on the same like wavelength i can tell straight away I'm just like, I can't work with these people. Like, I have to. But in my head, I'm like, how am I going to last yeah. in a room with these people? Like, for, like, every every Tuesday, I have to be at this class at such and such a time. If you weren't there on time or if you weren't wearing the right costume, you weren't allowed in. Okay. Um, or Tuesday, Saturdays, and even when I went to London, it was ten times worse. Like, we'd be doing, like, I did, like, ballet, like, for two hours, Monday to, Monday to Friday. All of these other classes, if you didn't have the right thing, like, you were scolded in front of the whole school like there was weigh-ins every week if you were if you were too much up or too much down oh. it was addressed in front of everyone um which probably isn't the best type of thing but when you're in like a dance college in london that's the reality or well, it was the reality at the time anyway i don't know if they've changed um but i feel like it has shaped me to be a lot more um, like professional and have more respect for like myself and other people like that i'm going to be there at a certain time when i said i'm going to be there and other people swanning around not showing up to rehearsals and I'm like no then you can't do it like I remember I was doing a gig there last November in Liberty Hall and I won't mention any names because her name is Dame Stuffy no, <laughs> and no it was her show to be fair but there was a, a queen of all and we were doing a group number and said there was four rehearsals and she didn't show up to any of them oh I'll just show up on the night and I was like she will not like we showed up to every rehearsal we put hours of work in I'll pick up the choreography on a video. I was like, no, it's not fair. And the rest of us, she's not. There was a gown hired and I was like, I'm not going on stage with someone who didn't have the respect to show up to the rehearsal, put the work in like the rest of us and then she'll do mega balls but make the rest of us look bad. I'm sorry, I'm a trained dancer mm-hmm. and I couldn't do that. Just show up and watch it on a video and pull it out with me. Oh, no, I'm probably caught. But this person isn't a trained dancer. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, no, fuck that. And it's just, it's just stuff like that has shaped me as a person and I'm not even like in a professional level but just like stupid things like being on time for things or working with people and not killing each other seeing different people's point of view like I'm not going to jump down someone's throat just because but like find a way to get on and get the task done or put up with each other while you have to be around each other kind of a thing you know like you're always in close proximity with people Mm -hmm. not always that you don't like or necessarily see eye to eye with but you find a way to coexist peacefully Mm mm-hmm until we can go home and bitch about them. But did, I feel like that did, like, performance taught me that. Did you also get the sense that you kind of, like, lost yourself while performing? Like, did, mm-hmm. did you know, like, I, I think many of us are, like, burdened by what, like, our thoughts and what we're going through on a daily basis and that we need some sort of way, like, I don't know, exercising or, like, going out to nature or meditating or whatever like a way of which that we can kind of just step away from that uh do you think that that happened for you like like was there just you just immerse yourself in the performance 
as in like an escape type of yeah, thing. Yeah, but not not like a conscious thing, but you just really enjoyed the kind of freedom that you... Yeah, like I did like enjoy, like when I was younger, like I used to like, I just used to enjoy going to my classes, you see my little pals, getting to dance. Like it wasn't like, oh, I need to get... But like obviously there was the endorphins released through exercise, but I enjoyed the performance aspect. More so when I did shows, like I used to do like the Olympia pantos and musicals like in the Olympia and stuff. I preferred being on the stage and the thrill and the buzz you would get from the performance more so than sweating it out in rehearsals and stuff. But like, like they say, like when we were in like dance college, none of they say technique is freedom. So the better your technique is, the more you can actually perform okay. and the more you, your body has the capabilities of doing everything that's like going on in your head and the way you feel and the, the feelings you want to emote, you're, you're more like equipped so the harder you do train and go to these classes and throw yourself into it the better that result is going to be and in turn for me that's the the payoff I get that's like when I'm singing into a microphone to a room full of people and everyone's just hanging on your every word or talking shite or saying things like slagging dillatrix to anyone who listens to me <laughs> giving a screen time you're very welcome people know who you are now but you know what I mean or like doing a dance routine or whatever you have those people's attention for that amount of time and it's such a great it's a great feeling is it tough then to deal with the immediate come down oh yeah yeah oh it's insane like it's like i can't just go home to bed and like i'm like oh my god like usually now a days because it's like instagram and stuff usually after a show and it's home time and i just go and i'm not going out club and i'll jump on instagram live and talk shy to people or i'll sing a few songs oh yeah it's like oh the party's never like i'm like it's just like oh god i'm like a session mo I just don't want to go home. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, fuck this though. Well, let's, go, like, let's go home and I'll, do, I'll sing a few songs on Instagram and buddy whoever comes into the, into the, into the chat. Um, but yeah, it is very like that, like winding down, like taking your makeup off and having a wash and getting like, sometimes it's nice. And like my old party trick was, I tried to not do it as much. I'd order Domino's on the app as I got into the taxi and I'd race it home. So, and sometimes, most of the time I get there first, but sometimes they're very fucking quick. And I remember one time the car came down, the, the taxi came and the the driver came down the other way and we met in the street. He has this big seven foot, like five o'clock shadow man in a wig and a dress coming out at all hours of the morning to collect the pizza. But no, that was kind of like my little wind down and I'd watch telly eat my pizza and then have a wash and go to bed. But yeah, no, definitely and then because I do actually the very last performance I did before we went into lockdown again because I was doing this thing called the Queer Cabaret in Bow Lane okay. it's a monthly show we do and um, I recently joined that cast and they were all really nice and really sound but the last performance we did I just really enjoyed it I did this mix and a song a few like a song I really liked and I sang and I was dancing and I was just I had so much fun and the crowd were so good and then I just went into the backstage area and I sat down and I was like oh that's it I'm kind of a bit raging now can I not mm. go out and do it again mm. and I was just like oh fuck that and anyways I'm going to have a drink <laughs> I was raging it was all like it was over like because that, that's what you hear a lot from performers is that they struggle to deal with that process of just being so high connecting with other people and then yeah. just going oh no you have to go home now yeah so how then, can I go home and now and it was like a, bit, a cast of like five or six of us so it was like I did my bit uh-huh. and I sat and I was done but then everyone else was still waiting to, and the excitement and I was like oh I hate this I was like let me go on again rip my pearls off and throw them across the ground someone trips and breaks their ankles do you ever um, 
like be on the bus or just doing something during the day as Neville and then get a real Ariana Grinder like per like thought or like urge or vice versa would you ever be Ariana going and just and then just feel like ah I'm a bit Neville today like I'm a bit I, I don't just, know like I don't like it's very like I should probably know at this point I'm three years in <laughs> to know if Ariana and Neville are the same or different I feel like Ariana is just like a heightened version of me okay um I can get away with saying a lot more inappropriate things <laughs> because like if I start making jokes about ISIS and Madeleine McCann mm-hmm. sometimes the room goes very quiet mm-hmm. but if you're wearing if you're a seven foot like if I'm already making like if you're looking at me and I'm already obviously making a laugh of myself like this person is here to tell like I'm a, a party clown mm-hmm. people are very open to what you're gonna say to them so that's interesting so people are like more tolerant of like yeah, you saying like, ah, this what? person it's kind of like you know like when the village idiot says something uh-huh. you're like ah ah poor old Timmy okay like oh god bless him I think that's what it's probably but like it's like oh here, what's she gonna say and people want you to slag them like ah oh, here fucking you stop looking at me like like obviously the straight men with their girlfriends you get his, get his hands off me at dirty pervert I'll see you later and all but they love getting the piss taken out of them so the worst you can make is like Jesus let's say you look better in the dress than I do you dirty and all this messing up but they think it's gas and they kind of want you to rip on them then okay and they enjoy it whereas if I were to say that to just randomly say that to a man in a bar you'd be getting you'd be getting a dick yeah, like yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean whereas they kind of want you to like take the piss out of them when you're all done up but like sometimes I suppose like if I'm on the bus and I get an idea for a new number I'm like I get really excited and I like listen to the song and I'll try to find a backing track and I'm like singing along and I'm like I do get really excited but it's not really like oh I'm Ariana it's just like Ah, I'm going to have more attention on me, yes. Yeah. It's very self-serving. I'm doing it for the fans. No, I'm, I'm doing it, but to be fair... You're doing it for the culture. This is it. I'm doing it for, like, the little gay babies. Think about the gay babies. And not even, like... <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, they're looking out there. They don't... Like, they're getting a lot more representation now of mm. people to look... Like, when I was younger, there wasn't a lot of people I could look up and be like, oh, I want to be like that. There was yeah. never people I saw like me on the telly, mm-hmm. per se. I think the first person really was, like what's his name Brian Dowland that was on Big oh, Brother yeah. Yeah. but like I didn't really watch that so there wasn't really like I was kind of too young to watch that so there was always just like straight couples on telly straight men there was never out gay characters for me to like oh maybe I'm gay like I just always assumed I was straight because there was no other way to be do you know what I mean I was I like oh I better go get a girlfriend now because that's the way everyone else seems to be doing that seems to be the natural progression uh-huh. and then I did and then I tried that out and I was like alright Grant this is not for me not for me at all Um, but I like that I get to do what I do and people see it and whether you know they've seen it like there's people that aren't even I'm sure there's people that look at my Instagram that aren't are even afraid to follow me just because they're like, oh yeah, look, oh, she's a drag queen. Look, look at her living her best life, and he, or he's living his best life, and doing all that, and having so much fun. I want to do that someday, and they're living like vicariously through. Like you hear stories about it all the time, and not even just me, but like even other people, other queer performers, or other drag queens and stuff. So I like to do it for the baby gays, and not even the baby gays, the people that never got to come out as well. So so many people are in the process, <clears throat> even yeah, and yeah. people that never will, mm. like um because of they're a lot older there was different times like I can only imagine like it was so difficult for me to tell my parents that I was gay I like I knew there wasn't going to be an issue like I have a gay uncle and a gay aunt but for whatever reason mm-hmm. it was very difficult for me to tell them I don't know why it was so difficult but it was just so difficult for me even though I knew it was going to be alright 
And um, so when I think of times when it was illegal to be gay, illegal to get married, how these men probably ended up just getting married for companionship. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. Oh, she's Belgian. Real butch. She's a very butch woman. You can leave that in. I'll let you Seb. <laughs> That's good for my reputation. She's real butch, Ariana. And... Um, but yeah, like I, my heart breaks because you still see them today, and I'm not gonna name names. But just you see this obvious married man, and I see it camp as Christmas, orsing me, running around. Oh no, they're they're like the lie. It's it's deep in them. They're probably believing it themselves at this yeah. point, and it's heartbreaking because they'll probably never come out. But there's people that will come out in their fifties and their sixties now that it's safe to do so. Mm. Are their parents who are really Catholic have passed? Mm-hmm. And you hear stories of like nurses and stuff and people. You hear stories of people like um like in nursing homes with elderly people and in their last like hours they say coming out to them yeah. being like, Oh yeah, no, I'm X, Y and Z and they find they're finally coming out like on their deathbed like and stuff and coming out and telling these mad stories that they couldn't tell anyone else. Um, but they can now because they're gonna be brown bread and it's different times but yeah so I do it for I do it for myself because I'm mad about myself and I love the thrill I get from performing and it makes me feel nice and obviously it's nice when people cheer and stuff but I am doing it as well because I want to inspire the little baby fags and baby queers just for like you know if this seven foot tall Glamazonian oh, lady man a, oh there she is <laughs> yeah, for people who have never heard of Glamazonian we'll touch on that very shortly and um, for like if he can go out there or she can go out there and have a ball and have a blast and just be as normal as that and have a great fucking time, surely I can get out of bed this morning. Do you know what I mean? Even, yeah. even like the stupidest things, like mm-hmm. if he can go out there in those shoes and that street and not give a shite and dance around like a mad thing and twerk for five euro notes, have a fucking ball, then I can have a shower today. Mm. Or I could, stupid things, you know? Yeah. Or like just silly things or I could do that maybe or maybe not even like, or go for that job interview or I don't know. That's my. I like to think that's my contribution to the community. We uh, said myself had a great interview with um, a man called Richard Moore, who talks about the idea of like a good selfishness and a bad selfishness, Ooh. and like may, basically kind of saying that the good selfishness is where it's good for me and good for other people. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I feel good from it, but so do other people. So I can't feel bad about it. Oh, Okay. Um, this seems like a good selfishness that you're talking yeah. about here. It's nice. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone kind of wins. Yeah. Um, okay, just before we get on to the very important topics of uh, the dialect <laughs> that you, <laughs> you frequent, yeah. um, I wanted to, uh, for you to talk about just where you were mentioned before we started, where um, many people come up to you and tell you, like very sincere yeah it's crazy like when I first started drag I was so surprised so my usual well not so much now but when I was got started and I was trying to get my name out there I would literally just go to the smoking area of say the George or other like places and I don't smoke I only smoke the Mickeys you can leave that in set um, I don't smoke but I'd be out in the smoking area and just networking adding people on Instagram talking shite telling terrible jokes and getting to know people but like I was so shocked at people coming up to me in various states of sobriety and not um, being like oh yeah my sister just died it's my first time out of the house I'm so happy you're here I watched RuPaul's Drag Race they're talking to you like they, you know these 
you know them all. Um, oh, such and such is my favourite drag queen, and they brilliant. Oh, you're brilliant. Can we get a picture? Oh my, and they'll cry. Like it's just so hard. And like I don't know what to say. Like I, like you're trying your best, like to console this person you've just met. Mm. But um, like I was saying to you before, and um, there was another situation with a woman, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm married to a man, but I think I'm a lesbian. And what should I do?" And I'm like, "Oh Jesus, I'm just have to get off stage." No, I wouldn't say that. But like I'm just have to get off stage. I'm on a high. <laughs> I'm ready to get locked and palatic now and get a spice bag and go home. And here I have to do couples therapy with this poor woman. I said, leave them. You like the fanny love? No, it's terrible. That's not what I said. But, but I always just add them on Instagram. Like, listen, love. Like, I give whatever, the best advice I can give at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I'm not a professional. But if you need to have a chat about it, my DMs are open. Do you think that the people come to you because, um, pardon the phrasing, like you have you had the kind of balls to go, uh, this is this is me expressing myself maybe so and that they kind of like aspire to that level of comfortability yeah with I never really thought of it that way but it does make sense like I always just thought um, it was a version of like an adult version of an, a party clown okay. or like going to see Santa and the kids are so excited and they come up and they sit on your lap but they don't sit well some of them sit on my lap but that's a different story altogether that's a different podcast that's a so very the, different so podcast so my only fans <laughs> <laughs> um, but um but yeah, I just feel like it's drag queens are like an adult version of a party clown. But for a kid's birthday or going to see Santi, you come, you tell Santi what you want for Christmas or you, you, whatever. You take your pictures, X, Y, Z. You have a great time. But like drag, it's an adult version. There's drinks. You're getting locked. There's music. There's partying. But it's it's very much so a meet and greet in that sense. It's very similar. But um, yeah, I do feel like people like they don't necessarily know you you don't know I don't know that woman's husband it's not as if I'm going to turn around to that woman's husband and be like your woman your wife's a lesbian I don't know him not that I would anyway but Sherlock I've accumulated some wisdom in my years on both sides of the gender spectrum (laughs) but I I don't know what it is but I I was very shocked at first to be like I was very taken aback as someone who was very new to drag anyway I was like ah Mm. I was like, what do I do with this information? But mm. I just give him a little hug. I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. It's going to be grand. Like I always say, it always comes out in the wash. And everything's going to be grand at the end. We'll get there in the end. There's a phrase I've probably mentioned before. It goes, all will be okay. And if it is not okay. No, sorry. All will be okay in the end. And if it is not okay, then it is not the end. That's cute. It's very nice. <laughs> little hallmark moment. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> okay. I had a soft side. So you mentioned that um, you're taking you're, you're reappropriating is it reappropriating you're taking back oh, like reclaiming reclaiming oh yeah hundred percent um, also the, um, when I was doing a bit of research for this uh, I came across some words that I did not know initially and then had to do further research mm-hmm. um, Judy can can you expand Judy yeah first? A Judy is just like like your good Judy would be like your good friend your good sister your good. Your good sis, your good squirrel friend. We would say like squirrel friend because we all like nuts. <laughs> yeah, so Judy is just like your sis, your little game friend, your little your little fag. Okay. <laughs> um, glamazon bitch. Yeah, so yeah. like a glamazon, glamazonian woman, glamazon <laughs> bitch would be like a big, tall, voluptuous lady of the night when you go out and see a drag show and this big giant monster of a woman comes out she's a glamazon okay uh, I asked you hoochie mama hoochie mama I think yes. this is like very American or something I'm okay. not sure. I think a hoochie mama from my understanding is like 
maybe a lady of low morals. <laughs> like, do you know? But like, we don't kink shame here, whatever you're into. I can have low morals after the second double vodka, seven up. Um, but I think it's kind of like the equivalent of what we would call a jorty bleeding who. Or <laughs> that's what I understand who she might be. I could be wrong, but okay. I think that's what that is. I think, okay, that sounds like a, a solid interpretation. Meaty took. Okay. So, some drag performers, when, depending on the costume, I don't talk all the time because depending on the costume, you don't have to. If you're wearing like a skirt, it's like stunning. But the art of tucking, it's, it's not an art, it's trauma. <laughs> it, self-imposed trauma. Self-imposed trauma. It's putting, tucking your testicles up into the little space where they origin, originated before you hit puberty and like pushing your willy down and then like taping everything back and then throwing on a pair of underwear over and flatten everything down. So it's very uncomfortable. It's not something I like doing often. I only do it when the costume really, really needs it. Okay. Um, but like most of my costumes, I try to avoid it because it's very uncomfortable. I mean, I, I need to be, you have to like take the tape off and redo it. But anyway, a meaty chuck is when you have like a meaty pouch there. Kind of like that little flabby, I am, for those listening, I am touching this part of my lower stomach. <laughs> um, it's like a flabby kind of par- pouch just above your groin and yeah it's quite meaty thank you um flabby i wanted to ask your opinions on ariana grande she's a fucking bitch (laughs) (laughs) she's a fraud i love her yeah i'm 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 actually literally wearing a t-shirt with her on it coincidentally um no but that's where i got my drag name from because originally um, that's kind of what I wanted to base my career on even before I, I did drag um, so she started off in theatre she started off in Broadway okay and then she went into television on Nickelodeon and then she went into uh, music so similarly I started off in theatre as a kid and then I moved into TV I was on a TV show called Stage School only four for a season um, and then I want to move into music so I've been writing music for a long time um, as Neville Never released anything. I always threatened to release something independently just for the laws and see what would happen. And for the show I was on, I wrote two songs for the pilot and then it got picked up by E4 oh. and then they ended up not using any of the songs I wrote. So I was right. And then I wrote, wrote one for the finale as well, but it wasn't used either. So I was a bit like, mm-hmm. but then I have all these songs, but I've kind of rewritten some of them and I'm going to start releasing them as Ariana. So I have a Christmas single coming out. Oh, it's called Santa Come Through. Santa come through. It's um, it's a double entendre. It's like Santa come through, but also Santa come, come through. through. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna. Yes, that's kind of like why I loved Ariana so much because I kind of started off in theatre, moved into telly, and then went into music. So that's kind of my. Even before my my I did drag that one. I wanted that to be my Neville. Oh God, that's very unprofessional. I have low battery. Um, sorry, I just, sorry, guys. sorry, folks. <laughs> sorry, it's my it's my grinder hookup. <laughs> Getting lashed out of it in five minutes. No, uh, it's a, ten minutes. It's a, it's a pandemic. <laughs> oh God, man, gotta eat. <laughs> and um, but um, oh yeah. So basically, even before I did drag, I wanted that to be my Neville trajectory. Um, but then when drag happened, I was like, no, that could be my drag trajectory. Why not? Let's do all of it at the same time. But yeah, I do love her. I think she's very talented. Um, she's a very talented vocalist. Um, yeah, she's a great little actress. And she's gorgeous. 
Was there, if it wasn't Ariana Grinder, were there um, seconds and thirds? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> so basically, I actually have this conversation with myself now because um, I, coming over in the next few months, I will be potentially auditioning for the likes of like RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Cool. Um, and the because Grinder is like a trademarked name, there's a whole thing. Like, like the last season of the American RuPaul's Drag Race they had like a drag queen called Jan Sport okay. like the like the school bags the Jan Sport school bags and uh, they had a drag queen called Brita Filter as in like the Brita Filters like we filter the water but they had to change their names for the show because of copyright, copyright. so it was just just Jan and then Brita <laughs> and um, so I think that might happen to me you might so be Ariana just Ariana we'll see maybe if I could spell grinder with an E-R instead of just R can you spell it with two R's or three ors. Oh, 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 oh you got the exclusive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But this is what I'm going to have to do. Like, because I have, like, I have arianagrinder.com. That's, like, my website. Ah. I have all my bits and bobs on that. But, like, that's not, like, copyright or anything. Um, But, like, this is the thing. Grinder is, like, a trademark name. So I don't know. Unless I go to be like, hi, I am very gay. You are very gay. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> let's do a deal no, but, but this is the thing anyway I, I'm very much so Ariana Grinder for the foreseeable but I do think if I was going to change my name I would love to have just like a you know like like a Beyonce or like a, a Gaga just a one name okay because like, there's some really fab drag queens like on the US version of Drag Race like Valentina or Aquaria oh, yeah. I'd love just like a, a lovely fancy like one name it's like oh yeah so Ariana is like okay it would be nicer maybe if I had like an accent on one of the words yeah. you know like. then I was thinking something like Scorpio oh I like that because I'm Scorpio okay well like no I think I'm going to stick with, I'm going to try stick with Ariana Grinder anyway and even if I have to change it I, I, I love how I've already manifested myself onto this program it's happening I literally already yeah. I, I talk about it like it's already happened <laughs> like when it happens and I get the call I'm just going to go say my name is Ariana but leave my name as Ariana Grinder on all my social media and let everyone put two and two together but you never know okay I'm hoping because I think it's a really fun name and the gays love it because it's like Ariana is very gay anyway and Grinder is very very gay it's like your gay dating hookup app so <laughs> thank you uh, before I let you go uh, we ask our guests how they keep on top of their mental health I don't no I don't <laughs> have any <laughs> who is she no um See, the thing is, like, oh, my God, I've struck, especially now, like, with, like, the lockdowns and the pandemic, like, all of my work has halted. Mm. Now, I was very lucky um, to get, like, different online jobs and streaming jobs. I got, like, um, I got funding from the RuPaul's Drag Race, Work the World live stream. They did, like, a live benefit, and then they had some of on to perform with them, which was really good. And, like, they were sending me money every week for, like, two months. Wow. And then I won this other online drag competition. And there was like 60 drag queens and there was like a public vote and then I came first and then I won a thousand euro. So I was very lucky to get that. Wow. Uh, I was obviously very talented and I had the best woman won too. Um, <laughs> leave that in, Seb. No, well, I was very lucky and grateful to get that. So I was lucky in that respect. But at the same time, like all of my gigs, like obviously all the bars are closed, hand party, everything is like, that's the only money I've kind of been like, I'm lucky that I'm at home and I don't have to pay rent at the moment because of my situation. And mm-hmm. um, um, it's shite what happened. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to complain because people in horrible, horrible situations and I am very lucky. But 
I do still, even before the pandemic, my own mental health, I'm just like, oh God, sometimes you do have those days and you're like, oh God, I don't want to get up today. What's the fucking point? Or like, um, you know when you're just in a humour or a mood and my thing is what I do, my little go-to is I think of a time when things are absolutely fab and brilliant. Mm-hmm. For example, like when I won that competition, I go back and I watch the video of my performance and I'm like, yeah, I am that bitch. <laughs> Like, why are you acting so depressed and, like, you've lost all belonging to you? And I'm like, look at that fucking mad joke swinging around. People voted for her. You won money. Like, why are you crying? What are you crying for? You won! <laughs> the Madeline sisters. But, like, things like that. Like, looking back at pictures of times in my life when I did something really fab. And I do love that book. I know it's very, like, it's very, like, um, in the sky. And I don't know. I had to say, like, I love that book. You know, The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. I don't. It's like a self-help book. Okay. It's like all about like gratitude and like visualizing success. Kind of like what I did with the whole like I talk about like already being on Drag Race, even though I haven't even auditioned yet. <laughs> Stuff like that, like speaking it into existence, and it's all about kind of just helping yourself. Like positive thoughts, like attract more positive thoughts, and try put yourself on that wavelength. So I try put myself on a positive thinking wavelength by just when I'm feeling so bad, and it can be so hard, and when someone pisses you off, or you've gone in a fight with someone, I try like retrain my brain. Like, I'll think of that, like, say, like, we had an argument just earlier on, and they're like, oh, you bollocks, they said this, that, and the other, and I swear to God, I can't see eye to eye with them. But then, even if it's a point where I say to myself, you know what, well, look at it this way, at least you're not like that. At least you didn't inherit them, mm-hmm. inherit those characteristics of that person. Or at least you're not racist like that person on Twitter, or at least you're not transphobic like that person that annoyed you on Facebook. At least you're not like that, and you can go around and spread your message and just stupid things like that like like when you're in bed I try like think back of the shy things that happened and think about them differently like is there anything from it and sometimes there isn't and you have to lie to yourself that there is but it does mm-hmm. make you feel better like a reprocessing kind of thing yeah it's just like you know that was a load of shy I'm raging I missed that event but your luck it's gonna make help me improve for the next one or, yeah like or... I don't know like yeah you just kind of have to think and just be like that was a really bad <laughs> really bad example but like <laughs> Yeah, just, like, rethink, like, how you think. Like, yeah, it's sad. I feel shit about it. But at the same time, you probably missed an accident. Or you've saved so much money for the next night out. And you can go fucking mental. And you're going to wear that fab outfit. And you're, the, your future husband probably wasn't going to be out that night. And now you're going to look sickening and have a really nice outfit. And have not be dying going out. And you're going to meet some fab fella who's going to lash out of it. And... Um, look sickening for those oh yeah sickness look fab okay so so fab that you make people feel ill and nauseous absolutely (laughs) and you make them sick and stuff they don't look that good (laughs) oh so it's it's twofold yeah okay they love a double entendre those cross dresses leading everyone astray well this is this has been fantastic I really appreciate uh, your time thanks for having me chicken you're very good I enjoyed this any uh, final words? We'll, we'll provide the links of your respective um, website. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> but also not. Thank you. No, I just think everyone, look after yourselves. It's a crazy weird time. Um, if anything resonated with you, your my DMs are open. Please don't be creepy. And I will be very happy to help you. <laughs> no, but yeah, just look after yourselves. And I would say if you are feeling in any way like low low you can listen to all the advice in the world but i'm not professional go speak to your gp i think it's the best thing to do one of my good friends is a doctor and she's just like speak to your gp well she's technically my gp because i just ring her when i'm feeling 
bits. But yeah, if you're feeling anyway, speak to your GP. That's what they're for. Okay. Thank you. All the best. God bless you. Thank you. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you haven't already. Every review helps us climb the podcast charts so that even more of you can listen to our amazing guests. We really appreciate the support. Remember to tune in next week. But until then, keep safe and have a good one.